Hello, Nomads, and welcome to episode 41 of the Nomads of Fantasy podcast. I'm your host for this evening, Eric, and who do I have with me? I have Brandon. (laughs) (laughs) To be or not to be. (laughs) Not to be. (laughs) I like it. That was was not bad. That was a good opener. (laughs) And I have Dave. Say hi, Dave. You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple acres. That was a good oh, one. That was one of my yeah. favorites. One of my favorite quotes. <laughs> so, and so of cheap. course, these are just fantastic quotes from the movie Last Action Hero, um, starring none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you couldn't tell by those wonderful impressions. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I, I just wanted to choose this movie um, because I feel like we've done... You know, the past couple episodes, we did Parasite, we did Firewatch, um, and, you know, those have some more serious themes. So I wanted to lighten it up, get a little, you know, a fun little action movie going. Never Um, really gotten into a comedy either. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this would be a fun departure from kind of what we normally do. Um, So this should be a a fun episode. But before we get into that, we're going to do what we always do and have our little catch up session on what we've been playing, watching, all that good stuff. Um, So... Let's go with Dave first. What have you been up to? Ooh. Uh, well, I finally, well, finally, uh, I hadn't seen the last Hobbit movie all the way through, so I decided to take it upon myself to just pound through all three of them, back to back to back, make a day extended? of it. Extended? No, I didn't get the extended. I don't think they have them on HBO, but they just had the regulars. I kind of, I mean, if you're putting in that much time, why not watch the extendeds, but I didn't see them, so... I don't know. I was kind of surprised at how it ended. I didn't know that. Oh, I guess spoiler alert for a movie know, that came year, out 10 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> Something no, like that. The Hobbits no? are pretty new, I think. Aren't they? Oh, okay. The teens. Um, sure. But that Thorin dies at the end. It's like 2014 or something. But anyway, yeah. sorry. No, Thorin dies at the end. And then the, the pretty Hobbit that was in love with the elf chick, he died too. And, you know, I pretty much knew everything else. I read the book, but I haven't read it in like. 15 years or something like that so uh i mean they're they're fine i think the peter staying in peter jackson's hands helped everything out a lot you know made it feel comfortable like the other lord of the rings movies which we all love and adore i was impressed with that too like it felt it felt inferior i think looking back at the original trilogy of the lord of the rings movies but it wasn't inferior where i thought those movies were poorly done like no. i think they felt they, i think they like peter jack and come on these are prequel like prequels but this story takes place before the other trilogy but this was made like well over a decade right later or yeah it was like that? much oh yeah a while after that and then ended up and using the like same the actors into three movies and yeah which was kind of cool i think they, they relied a little bit more on cg i don't know if that made it like not feel is real or what, but I think the one thing they did wrong, and I think most people would agree with this, is that it's the comedy that's thrown in there feels very out of place. Like the song by Some the goblins, like that was out of nowhere. I mean, maybe they sing and maybe the maybe song by the goblin. Yeah, like the goblin king starts singing a song, dude, when um, Bilbo's captured. This oh, is, okay. This is yeah. Before he meets Gollum. And sure, you know, that's a back way up, way back. And then, the like, the, tr- the when the 
um, the dwarves are leaving the elves in the second movie. I think they like go into barrels, but the way they escape yes. down there is very like Looney Tunes. It just a seems little a little. That's, I mean, that's how it happens in the books too. So. No, I know. I totally. I mean, that's. I I agree there. Or just how it's portrayed on the screen. Like yeah, the, but I think people had. Bar- I mean, that. it is a weird. Eh, it's fine. It's just. I mean, they're dwarves in barrels riding down a river. Who are Who are we to say? But I don't know. It's felt a little stretched out. They added in the love story in there. Um, they added Legolas in there from the movies just to give Orlando something to do. It's cool though. Like it's uh, cool when he's around though. there, like shooting people up on the in the um. Dale, I think it is yeah. called Dale. He's always hopping on something and shooting somebody and doing something fancy. But uh, the second one with the dragon, all of the smog stuff is so good. Yes. Like that's that that is the meat and potatoes of those movies. Like that's the best part. And that, that's like the battle after is just like your uh, every other battle where it's just dudes and dwarves just running into each other at full speed and getting stabby with each other. I did other, think so. the final f- sword fight though was pretty dope on the ice and stuff like that. Yeah. I thought that was well done. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Something different. I kind I knew he was the dude underneath the ice was going to pop back <laughs> yeah. up, but yeah, you know. That was pretty cool. Um but no, I watched those, you know, they fit right in with the other Hobbit movies or the other Lord of the Rings stuff. Um chugging through Echo Generation, almost done with that, that little That's awesome. Side scroller RPG, whatever you want to call it. Um, that's pretty cool. Uh, playing that with the kids, and then the one that I got into this week is a game called Infernax. You guys heard of that one at all? No, I saw you playing, but I have no idea what it is. It's on Game Pass, came out on actually Valentine's Day of this year, so it's pretty new. Um, by Berserk Studios, I'll read right here Infernax is an adventure is the adventures of a great knight who returns to his homeland to find it plagued with unholy magic. And it is basically a, like, Simon's Quest for the NES. You guys played Castlevania 2? A little bit, mm-hmm. yeah. That and, and the Adventures of Link. It's just like a mashup of those two with demons and pentagrams and, like, massive amounts of gore. And it, it literally looks like a clone of Simon's Quest and plays a lot like it, too. But Okay. It is it is pretty it's not terribly long and they have thankfully they have a casual mode on it. They have a classic mode where you just die, you just go back to your save point, but casual you get like two guys and you know you get to respawn and work your way through it. But, so is it uh, good? Because the games you yeah. just named were the worst games in the, those two series. <laughs> I mean, they learned a lot uh from those. I mean it's not like Simon's Quest, they didn't they have the villages and stuff and the, like that, but there's no like they tell you what to do. You know what to do. Not like the old That's good. ones. And a lot of like the leveling is some of the stuff that they took out of the Adventures of Link. So, you know, you get XP and you choose like, do you want it in strength, magic, or armor? And like, those are the three things you put all of your XP into. It's super simple. Um, you run across like RPG, like story things where there's, a, you know, a dude that's going crazy and you can either murder him or let him go and, the story kind of changes a little bit depending on that. Um, they got like the towns around the level. It's, you know, literally like a Metroidvania side scroller 8 bit game. Pretty straight up. But uh, it's got a, like a day night cycle, just like Simon's Quest, where, you know, at night all the enemies are different, stuff like that. So you're going around trying to, you know, it's like a quick five castles. It's probably not a terribly long game, but. 
it's fun. It's certainly a nice little change up. I mean, we all like, I think we all appreciate a good Metroidvania. Um, story's not going to knock your, knock your socks off, but you know, it's good action. You play it on casual. You can probably crush it in a couple sittings. So, uh, Infernax is that one. That was it for me this week. Sweet. What about you, Brandon? I mean, I am, I'm still rocking Ghost of Tsushima. Director's Cut, my PS4. Awesome. And it's just, I love it. It's so good. So, yeah, what else can I say? Um, play it if you have not and you have a PS4 and you want to be a samurai. Oh, sword fighting is so good. Who doesn't? Uh, yeah, and it's just so cool to look at. Um, and I'm liking the story. But the uh, the thing I checked out, so I got this Oculus uh, Quest, right? And mm. Dave keeps telling me to check out these Star Wars games on there. There's uh, oh, yeah. Vader's Immortal or Immortal Vader or something like that. Vader, Vader Immortal, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot we had that, and I, I never got around to playing them. And so there's three episodes. So just tonight, actually, I was just kind of killing time before we recorded this. I, I was like, you know, I'm gonna, I knew they were short. I'm going to play the first episode. Uh, it's cool. It, it's very story-driven. So you really gotta yeah. kind of just sit, kind of. I, I mean, I love it. It's it's really cool, especially when, <laughs> dude, when Vader does make his appearance. I don't want to ruin it for anybody because you gotta experience some of these things. But when he makes his presence in the game, like when he when he makes his debut in the game, he and he walks up to you. It's it's very intimidating. I was like, this is he's like so he's like seven. It feels like he's like seven feet tall. You're looking. I was looking straight up at him. Yeah, almost. dude. They did a very good job <laughs> with the animation in this game. So, and obviously the lightsaber uh, stuff is good. That's uh, cool. I like it. I thought just some of the, like the on ship stuff when you're playing that was cool. Like going into hyperspace and sitting down in the cockpit, and like the window around you kind of goes down below your feet. And when you come out of hyperspace, you're like in orbit. And I got like I got those little jelly legs. I was a little, a little bit. bit too because cool. yeah, I've only played the first episode, but like you do travel to Mustafar for for a hot well for the rest of the game, I guess. But but you have a <laughs> you you can see above your ship, it's all glass, and when you stop there, you notice that like a star destroyer is going right above you, and I'm like, damn! It just <laughs> some things are very well done, like being there in person. It's insane, yeah. Yeah, dude. So uh, I I liked it. Um, the acting's good, all that stuff. So yeah, I can see. Yeah, it's like ten dollars for each episode, and each one's like fifteen, twenty minutes long or something like that. I don't know. Um, but I think the and the story is pretty cool for what I've seen. Like what 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 he's trying to do. I, I won't ruin that, but um, I, yeah, it's it's rewarding for a Star Wars fan. I'm I'm actually impressed, uh, and I think it's officially. I don't think it's canon. It could be. I don't think it is. But it has um, Disney's approval on it because I saw their name is in the credits. So, Yeah, uh, suppose, supposedly anything they're putting out, Star Wars these days, is canon. So okay. I guess you could take it that sure. way. I mean, what I saw would not make be anything. I mean, I'm, it's only episode one and there's three episodes, so I don't know. But All right, well, that's cool to know. I, dude, I, I'll tell you what, here, real quick, and I'll, I'll stop. But... <laughs> This is kind of cheesy, and I this is very nerdy, but I was getting really into it, and I was role playing a little bit, you know, like so, like at one point, like they, you get captured, and 
they're like, all right, you and the ship stay there. We're going to come and get you out of there. And I put my hands up. <laughs> I didn't have to, but I felt like, you know what? No, I would put my hands up. Like, I'm on our, I'm not doing it. You know, and I, <laughs> I kept doing like. Did look. the game comment on it at all? I don't think so, but I didn't know if I had oh, to okay. or what, but I just felt, it felt natural. And I was just like, dude, I'm going to pretend I'm yeah, in Star Wars. Get into this it. is VR, man. This is VR. So I, a little like role The hand playing. fidelity makes it, makes it feel like you're holding your hands in 3D space, which is kind of cool. Turning the lightsaber on never gets old. You, you just pull the trigger and it's just, you can just turn it off. Like it, it, yeah, just go with it. Enjoy yourself. So, okay, I'm, I'm done. Um, what about you, Eric? What have you been up to? Uh, I got a couple of quick hits here. I'm continuing my Batman journey. I finished Arkham Asylum which was fantastic. Um, I just loved every minute of that game. Great game. Yeah, we were, we were talking about it a little bit, but yeah, the, the last boss fight was a little lacking, like the, the whole Joker, you know, injecting himself with Titan thing, and that whole fight was kind of lame for a final boss fight. And the game but... was so smooth, but yeah. then when you get to that final fight, it didn't... It... It just it feel, felt, it felt un, a little uncharacteristic, maybe, of Joker as a character, you know? It's uh, like, this is how I'm going to take it? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't love that part of it, but, I mean, literally, that was, like, my only gripe with the game. I, I loved every other second of it. And I started up uh, City kind of right after that, um, which I, I guess before I had only played less than an hour of that game because I'm already past stuff that I have never seen before. So I'm definitely getting into that uh, a little bit more. Super enjoying that. It's it's really cool because, I mean, it's basically the same mechanics and everything as Asylum, but they just build on top of it and build out the world a little bit more. There's more to explore, more to do. But it's still, you know, the city isn't like humongous, you know? So it's it's still like, it, it doesn't feel too overwhelming. Like there's there's different side quests and everything. It's gradual. Like yeah, it first, is gradual. It's cool because like when you do get to uh, Arkham Knight, mm-hmm. it's kind of like made for the people who probably played one and two or like the first two rather. Because right. like it's got everything. It's bigger. It's you know all that. It's got stuff. all the toys. Yeah. Once you yeah. get the Batmobile in there, and you start tooling around. It's you get around the city pretty quick. That's the one thing I liked about Asylum though is that like. You notice the small changes to the asylum over the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like the smaller place and you see like, oh, now they painted the statue and now this wall's blown up and somebody took up hard over here. So mm-hmm. I don't know. They're all great. Yeah. 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 They they I'm impressed by how how well they hold up and like how well they built upon each one. So so that was that. Um, I checked out another quick little one. I, I checked out Portal Bridge Constructor on. OK, uh, I've been wanting to try this forever. Dude, it's great. I've never is it actually fun? Yeah, it's like a whole little like there's dedicated new dialogue for GLaDOS. Like she's guiding you through this uh, story and everything. Sold. And like if you've ever played like a bridge constructor game, you know, it's kind of um, the same old hat. Like you're just building these br- bridges across these obstacles. So these like, you know, dudes can get across without dying or whatever. Um, but it's it's cool that they introduced some of the portal mechanics and everything. But yeah, I feel like the main selling point is like GLaDOS is guiding you through this um, this adventure. So mm. it's pretty cool. It's okay. worth it just for that, for sure. Because mm-hmm. you get more GLaDOS, more more GLaDOS dialogue is always good. Okay. I okay. I, I would say it's worth checking out. I, I didn't play too much of it, maybe like the first five levels or so. Um, so it's not, you know, but I, it, I would definitely uh, I'm interested in picking it back up 
Um, but the big one that I focused on this week was Cyberpunk 2077. Uh, yeah. I f- finally took the deep dive because I'm just going back to when before it released, like I was so hyped for this game and, you know, obviously everybody was before it came out. And then once reviews hit and everything for it, like I was, I rev- my hype kind of just died instantly. And I was like, okay, with all these bugs, with everything, I'm just going to wait for the next gen patch to come out. I want, you know, I want to play it in its like best form possible. Why not wait? I'm not, you know, I'm not missing anything. So the PS5, whatever, next gen Xbox series version just released like last week or whatever it was. And so I checked it out, downloaded it on my PlayStation 5, and I'm just having a fantastic time with it. Like, it's just, it's exactly what I want right now. I haven't played a, I feel like I haven't played a first person open world RPG in a long time, you know. And the city is so cool. city is amazing. Like, it's, it really is like one of the best realized, yeah. like, cities in like an open world game, I think. Like, it's very convincing, feels alive. The world is just like really the good detail looking. is insane mm-hmm. yeah. it, there's just so like when much you walk variety. through the you walk through like the market and you see just people cooking like ramen or just like random like yeah you know, it's great people doing their stuff i mean and they're all in like that you know weird gta thing where they'll despawn when you get a certain distance away from them and you know right they're all just running through their routines but like yeah there's definitely a, a an alive and then, yeah. feeling to it and it, and it feel it does feel like i don't know I mean, sure, there's some repeated like NPC models, but I feel like there's a lot of different ones. And like you can scan individual people and, you know, it'll give you like if they're wanted by like the police or everything, it'll give you like a backstory or little blurb about them of what they're wanted for and all this stuff. So it's kind of cool. It gives you a little bit of uh, diversity and there's there's a bunch of like, you know, open world events going on all the time. There's tons of side quests to do. So I. I'll be playing this one for a while. Um, And I am treating it a little bit like, you know, it feels like I was expecting more of like a GTA style with some RPG elements, but it's more akin to like a Fallout, like Dave was saying when he was playing it. It, More like Fallout for sure. It's like very, very RPG heavy. Like, did you like the controls? Did they? Yeah, I like, I I I think it feels great. I had to adjust them. Okay. Yeah, I think it feels great. It's been me. Uh, I think the, uh, well, I know that they improved the driving model a lot. Um, so that driving actually feels pretty good. The shooting feels pretty good. Um, I mean, just walking around, I think I think it all feels great. Um, but yeah, you can get pretty deep into like the RPG mechanics and how you build your character. I feel like I'm kind of going for like a stealthy hacker type dude. Um, and you can choose like either uh, your backstory, um, a nomad, which obviously i had to go with they like start on the outskirts of the city um or the street kid or the corpo um so yeah i chose the nomad which is which is pretty cool um but yeah i am really really enjoying it it runs great uh on the ps i'm curious to see yeah how how good it looks on these new ones on the playstation 5 there you can either choose before uh between performance mode or ray tracing mode and like to be honest, I can't really tell that much of a difference graphically from each of them. I know ray tracing has like, you know, the real time shadows and lighting and everything. Um, but honestly, the 60 frames per second in performance mode, like I will go with that every time over like 30 FPS and possibly a little bit prettier looking. So I'm playing in 
performance mode and it's yeah smooth as butter like i i've run into like a couple bugs but nothing like too devastating or game breaking that was getting kind of reported when it first released so i feel like this right now if you've been waiting to jump in like i have this is kind of the the perfect time to do it especially if you have a next gen console um i think that's when i'm gonna i'm gonna have to get it on the replay schedule because like all the bugs when it first came out, I stopped playing it for like four months and then got the itch to jump back. And like, I don't know, it's better as one big chunk and just to see it looking nice and running nice. Mm-hmm. Not having cars like spawn in like five feet in front of you as you're walking down the street and then you just ram into it. Yeah, bag. I haven't had, yeah, I haven't had any of that. Um, so nice. Yeah, it's been, it's been really, really good. And I'm, you know, I'm liking the story as well. Like I'm pretty invested in the story and everything. It's interesting. Um, you and your chomos yep chomo yep exactly like the slang and all the random stuff that they come up with too it's so silly. yeah all the yep cyberpunk slang and everything but yeah i'm enjoying it i'm definitely gonna keep going with that one for a while um that i feel like that's a good one just to kind of have in your back pocket hop in do a couple missions and hop out and do something else but uh yeah that was kind of it for me um so with that That concludes our act number one, and we will take a short break, and we will be back to talk about Last Action Hero right after this. And we are back with Act 2. We are talking about Last Action Hero, released in 1993, directed by John McTiernan, which we we all just learned this today. He also directed Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Predator, Hunt for Red October, some of the greatest action movies that ever existed. And it makes it, I mean, we're getting right into it, but I just feel like we have to talk about this, like... It's just a complete satire and parody of his own works, which is just amazing to me. It's probably the big nugget of trivia that you can get out of this whole discussion that we're about to have. So if you want to pack up and go on to another show, I mean, I guess you can now, but I thought that is a good one to open (laughs) up with because it is crazy because I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, man, he is picking on everybody. But I'm like, who is it that directed this? I didn't catch it. So I, I look up, I'm like... That name sounds familiar. Wikipedia, click on it. And I'm like, no way. First thing you see, Die Hard. Yeah, I was like, no way. It's weird because like the screenwriters like wrote it. And then like the original name of the Jack Slater was Arno Slater as like a nod to Arnold. But then Arnold got hired on. And then, you know, I guess they ripped a lot off of Lethal Weapon, Last Boy Scout. And they used like references to Die Hard and stuff like that. And then they got the Die Hard thing. So it's like... (laughs) like folded in on itself where it was about all these action movies, but then like you needed all the action movies people to make it too, which is it's weirdly so meta. Cool. I don't know. Yeah. Well, cool. Before, before we get too far into it, 
apparently other people like this movie as well. I put out a call on social media, um, on Twitter, at Nomads of Fantasy. Uh, a bunch of comments from some wonderful people here. Uh, Too Much Coffee says, almost rewatched this yesterday. This must be fate, which <laughs> that's, that's awesome, which is so weird because... You're going to have to let us know what you thought of it. Yeah, we don't... I feel like we don't hear many people talking about this movie, which is kind of why I wanted to do it. You know, I haven't... Well, just to get out of the way, I... I think I saw this movie like once as a kid and have not seen it since then and barely remember anything about it. I've watched it many times as a child, but I have not watched it. I don't think in my adult life, I, now that I think about it. <laughs> Dave, you haven't seen it I've at never, all, right? I've never seen it. No. Lots of Arnold, but never this one. Well, I know that's common because this movie came out like just after Jurassic Park, like the week after or something. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of destined to be the, like a flop. When that happens, because Jurassic Park was one of those massive movies. So a lot of people miss this one, I think, the first time through. Um, let's see. The the Life of an Average Joe podcast says, I dug this movie and the soundtrack. I like the idea of the crossover, which I assume he's talking about the movie world and the real world. Um, the Geek Spin podcast says, I've always thought of it as a brilliant satire of the action movie industry, um, which absolutely. Uh, I feel like that's kind of our... One of our main talking points here. Um, Big Nick says it's only thought. <laughs> only thought is it's a kick-ass movie, for sure. Sure. Uh, Shoot the flick says the cartoon cop cat is everything. <laughs> I mean that was fantastic. Pretty classic. I, I did like I Danny DeVito. Yeah, so good. Um, and our friends from Best of the Rest podcast said. An interesting fact. This movie recently got a 4K release. Here's a few movies that still don't have one. <laughs> Avatar, The Godfather, Aliens, Fight Club, Rush Hour, Minority Report, and The Terminator. Hmm. So that's, that's a nice little crazy. fun fact there. Yep. Yeah, that is awesome. For that. This movie, out of all those other classics, got a 4K re-release. I'd have to imagine it's just got to be legal issues because Godfather... Come on, Godfather. Right. How's that not had this? Right. Yeah. You would think that would be like one of the first movies that would get the 4K treatment. But huh. yeah, weird. Um, yeah. Thank you for everybody who wrote in. I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm glad that you shared your thoughts with us. But yeah, getting right into it. I guess, Brandon, you mentioned it before. This movie was kind of a flop at the box office. So his budget was $85 million. I mean, it made it made its money back and then some 137.3 million at the box office. So not a huge like breakout success, but, you know, I mean, when you look at what Arnold had been in before and after, like this is what, two years after Terminator 2, which sold like a billion dollars. Right. Did it really? Wow. I don't know. It made a lot of money. Okay. I mean, this is after kindergarten. What are you, Dr. Evil? One billion dollars. (laughs) It's a lot of money. I don't know. (laughs) You know. Well, like he had, he's had, you know, the late '80s, early '90s is where like his all his big stuff was, and he kind of made, like, made his own stereo, like he became his own stereotype and starred in his own parody of, of himself. Course, like you have to have the actual guy himself, Arnold. There's nobody bigger than him when it came to action nobody. movies, especially with the era that you're picking on. It was either him or Stallone, and of course they make the nod in Dude, the movie. So. I love that. I love that, that nod where 
where Stallone is Terminator in the movie oh, universe and the Jack Slater universe. Like that was perfect. Oh, the jokes are great. Dave, can can we ask? Because I I enjoyed this movie. So when you know we talked about it, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to see it again. And here I am older and i'm like yeah i think i still enjoy this movie a lot actually but dave you've you've never seen it seeing it now <laughs> especially if someone... it was good i mean all the like a lot of those little one-liners still hold up i mean it was probably it ran a little long i don't know i, I that getting... is probably my one complaint with uh, it like i was i was falling asleep a little bit yeah. towards the end shave like... a half hour off come out cut out some of the fluff but it's a two hour two hour action comedy movie i'm like yeah, yeah it could have could have trimmed some fat i a was surprised bit. by how long it was you you i forgot about the whole i thought the final act when arnold is brought into the real world i thought that was like 10 minutes long but it's yeah, not. Like it's the like half of the no, movie. The whole like second half of the movie. 40 minutes long or something like <laughs> it goes, that. It goes. No, you got the, like, the whole intro before he even goes into it. You got to introduce the kid and, you know, uh, his whole world before you jump into Jack Slater's world. So, Did you like the character? I mean, it was good. I was going to ask you, Brandon. I I was thinking about this the entire time. What? I was thinking the, about you. The kid or? Kid actors. You hate kid actors. Most what, of the time, kid actors are bad. And no, I think the reason why I enjoy this movie is because a kid actor does not take me out of it. You know, like I give all kids a little pass if they give me some good acting. Like I give them pass, like some scenes mm-hmm. might be a little bit weaker than others. But I think this kid is having the the time of his life in this movie oh, and yeah. as an actor. I think just like late. I, mean, I don't think he's really done too many movies. I he didn't seem like a big actor, but Danny be, Austin Austin. O'Brien is the uh, yeah, the but imagine being this Danny. kid and you're you're landing this movie alongside. I mean, the, the the whole movie. There's no reason for this kid to be tagged like being pulled around with a cop, but he is the whole movie. It's, he's just he's well, it's it's a buddy the parody cop of it. Like you know, yeah, right. They make mm-hmm. it like when yeah, he makes like the, the buddy reference. Cop. When Buddy he makes the reference movie. to like if he's gonna make win the game of chicken, and he's like, "I'm the comedic sidekick. This isn't gonna work." Oh yes, he's like making yeah, his yeah. own yep. fourth wall reference to himself being in a movie, which is yeah. Yep. But I'm saying that so the, much the kid, fourth wall breaking. The kid did a good job, I think. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine being on set and hearing like you're the guy, you're, like the director of this movie is the guy who did this movie, this movie, this movie. You got Arnold Schwarzenegger. I will say he was he was believable as a kid in that universe. Yeah, you know. So, you know, it was, he was just a movie, movie loving kid. He, obviously his home life wasn't fantastic. Um, you know, he's kind of living in, you know, a shitty apartment with a single mom, widowed single mom. So he hasn't probably hasn't had the easiest life and you could tell that he's, yeah. you know, do not doing great in school. And so this is basically how the movie he's starts in school. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he tried to, tries to escape his life. Does not have a father. So it seems like he looks at Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, who is called uh, Jack, Jack Slater, um, in these movies called Jack Slater. And he's watching the third one. The fourth one's about to come out. That's the one he actually gets, you know, gets to go into. But uh, yeah, he's escaping his real world situation. And I remember seeing this when I was younger, thinking like, New York City, New York City, New York City scared the shit out of me, man. He's uh, he's he's like running around the city by himself, like staying out, going out at like eleven o'clock at night to sneak out to the movie theater to go watch. Like, and that place is a dump. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? It was a beautiful place, a, but 
Wow. Yeah. Spray paint. It was just run down, yeah. not yeah, not kept they're up. Not, you could tell. Well they're not getting the new movie, let's be honest. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That was just a dumb movie thing I noticed. But. You kind of got to go with it when we're setting up the plot here. But but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I thought they did a good job kind of showing the differences and like, like this is the how the real world is. And they kind of go with one like When tone. the guy breaks into their apartment. Yeah. yeah. I was just like, damn, this is pretty Dude, that was scary. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, think about, yeah, being a little kid in that situation. Like, it's, it's crazy. But yeah, like you said, I feel like there's definitely a... Uh, a deeper meaning or theme here of like wanting to escape your life and him literally being able to do that, you know, with uh, the movie theater operator, Nick is kind of seems like it's kind of like his best friend or only friend kind of at this point. Cause like you can tell he doesn't really have any friends at school. Um, Cause he's all skipping all the time and cutting school and everything. And so you can tell he's not really connecting with these kids at school. He's, going to the movies to escape and he befriends this uh the theater operator nick Dude, his imagination but his imagination is fantastic when he's there he's like seeing the hamlet thing. oh my god yeah i don't want to skip over this yeah part, where i hamlet pulled part. that quote from but it's he's what is he's like amorius or whatever <laughs> whatever he says and he's it, the way they shot it was really cool You killed my father. Big mistake. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark, and Hamlet is taking out the trash. Who said I'm fair? No one's going to tell this sweet prince good night. To be or not to be. Not to be. so good i would i would definitely watch a uh would definitely watch a, a hamlet starring arnold schwarzenegger for sure it's pretty good um but yeah this nick this old dude nick uh real operator has this ticket um that he <laughs> that he uh bestows upon our young danny here um and apparently it's a magic ticket given to him by harry houdini himself whoa uh yeah so uh, turns out this ticket is actually magical because when he rips it in half and goes to the the uh, private screening of the of, what is it Jack Slater four, um, he gets transported into the movie. So uh, that brings me to uh, another question that we had on social from Recasted Podcast, um, which is simply, how would you use a magic ticket? That's a great question. Mm. Uh, he actually gave his answer, so I can read his first. Um, he said, uh, <laughs> his answer is pretty funny. Um, one, he would go into Aladdin and get the magic lamp and bring it into this world. Ooh, <laughs> genius. And then wish number one would be for a magic wedding band that he would tell stories to and every story told would come true. 
For example, once upon a time, I had a book with the winning Powerball numbers for the next 20 years. The end. <laughs> Holy cow. The use, the use of the ring wow. has now essentially given me infinite wishes. So he's going wow, to get the, the loophole of uh, wishing for more wishes there. That's a, that's an interesting then one. Somebody get, needs get to animate that scheme. whole thing as a skit on YouTube, please. That was it's a good idea. I don't know. You want to think of something cool, but you don't want to think of something like I don't want to be. I don't want to go into the aliens movies because no, fuck that. That would not, oh, that right. would not be no cool thank at all. you. And you have a risk of bringing a xenomorph back to the real world yeah. with you. So no horror, no uh, nothing like that. No, I, my head went to um, two places: Star Wars or Jurassic Park. So. Uh, the easy Star answer Wars, is probably, Star Wars. I would say yeah. I would say I would have the most fun in Star Wars, but I probably would die within like a month living in Star Wars. Like, I feel like I would just get killed. Something would eat me. Somebody would kill me. It seems like a very violent place, so I would probably go to Jurassic Park. Depends where you go, but Jurassic Park, you run the risk of being eaten by a fucking T Rex. Mm, I'll be careful, dude. In the first one, <laughs> the, when yeah, the storm came, dangerous. just leave when the st- everybody left when the storm came, and then but before that, it seemed like everything was hunky dory. Wait, so. All your your whole Jurassic Park experience would just be going through the park and then leaving. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I want to see dinosaurs, and then I don't want to own one. <laughs> well, it's a Jurassic Park movie, though, so you're going shit's through gonna, the experience. Go yeah, shit's gonna go down. I'll leave. You can't just I'm peace not, out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you're, you're getting eaten like the lawyer. I'm gonna uh, catch that boat that Newman never caught. <laughs> Part of me wants to say Middle Earth because I just watched those, but I think the the right answer. Would be a Harry Potter. Oh, oh that is such a good answer. Oh my I god, think that, that would that's, be that's got to be my answer. That, yeah, that one or you know, if I'm going to go into Star Wars, like I want to use the Force. Come on now. Oh yeah, I want to be a cool guy. I don't want to just be, be a Jedi. I just don't want to be you know, Nib Nub's friggin' roadie carrying around his stuff. Not Nib Nub. Who's the blue guy? Damn it. Ooh, uh, Greedo. Watto. No, the the jazz player. Oh Max! Oh Max Rebo! Max Rebo! I don't want to be a roadie for Max Rebo. You don't. Want- you want to be a. You want to be a force <laughs> user. I do not want to be a, a jizz roadie. No. <laughs> Harry Potter's my answer. Sorry. Harry Potter is a fantastic answer. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I feel like you you can't really can't really beat that. But, well, yeah. I'm glad that you guys aren't going perverted and like going to like some movie and just plucking up all the babes or something like that. <laughs> Uh, that's not a bad idea too. <laughs> but I guess back to the movie. Um, Danny gets pulled in and immediately dropped into the back of Arnold's car in the middle of a in the, in the middle of a chase sequence. A pretty you know, legit get... sequence, considering it being a parody. I thought it was pretty enjoyable. It was so over the top and so many. Dude, I mean, it was. But... Yeah, it was pretty on par with like the action you would see in like some 80s action movies you know so it's weird though it was it was over the top but honestly for that like standard it almost wasn't you know like it it was kind of on par with it for that time yeah like everything kind of looked fairly well it like the one thing that's kind of crazy that i read was that you know they had issues with the script and rewrites and rewrites which i kind of think makes makes it for why it was so long and a lot of the pieces were like you know all over the Mm -hmm. place but they only had from when it was greenlit. They only had nine months to put together the movie, which is oh wow, kind of insane considering the uh, visual effects and yeah, a lot, a lot going on in this movie. There so, is a yeah, lot. Kinda, actually, they, yeah. they chucked it together in a year, which was kind of insane. 
So yeah. Well, before this though, there's even like the the scene where uh Nick is in the theater still. He hasn't gotten in the movie yet and he's watching uh the intro to the fourth movie and mm-hmm. Jack Slater This could be from the third one now that I think about it. But where uh yeah, I think it might be the third one. <laughs> it's these movies within the movie, but he's watching maybe like the third one. We probably skipped over the this. Ripper. But it's how yeah, where the guy with the which this is a all right. So this movie has really good villains. I think this is it's a really nice touch. But um, the one guy with the raincoat, the Ripper, yeah, with the yellow raincoat, uh, he kills Jack Slater's son, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of sets up just like the character for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Jack Slater and all that stuff. But I like how bef- when the police commissioner or sergeant or captain, whoever is like constantly yelling and he's yelling so much he can't even understand what he's saying. And Jack Slater shows up running on car hoods. And he's uh, just stepping like... Stepping on, yeah, stepping on everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really cool because this is how he... He just can do this, and like the rules don't apply to him because he's the main character. But in the movie later on, when he goes to the real world, he tries doing this, and he fucking wipes out, and he crashes into a... I was just like... I just liked how they did this throwback, so it was a nice little touch um, mm-hmm. that they kind of do. And like I don't know. I'm not saying this is a deep movie, but for a movie that I think under, that underperformed and was overlooked... There's more to it than you'd you would probably you would expect. Oh, yeah. so if you haven't seen this movie yet, like just just know that you know they put some effort. It might be kind of a mess behind the scenes, but I don't know. I think there's yeah. a, there's a lot there. You, it's you have to have movie. seen a lot. Like you know, I kind of compared this to Spaceballs when I was watching it because we're so familiar with Star Wars that a lot of the Spaceball jokes all land. Like this one, if you haven't seen a lot of the old... You gotta understand the references. Yeah, that's the that's the trick here. Like, if you're not up to date on your, your Rambos and your Terminators and all those kind of movies, some of it will go over your head. But. Yeah, I thought it was really funny that Danny um, referenced the, the whole Die Hard thing, where uh, I forget his name, the villain in Die Hard. The, Hans like Gruber. His, no, his goon that's like hanging at the end oh, and you yeah, think he's dead, but then he comes back at the end. Mm-hmm. Like he makes a reference to that. Like, cause you know, if you don't see him, you know, if you don't see the villain die on screen, you know, he's now not really dead. So he can always come back at the end. So that was a good reference. Um, there's tons of tons of little Easter eggs. You know, you had Robert Patrick return as the T-1000 just walking out, you know, at the on the at the police station. Oh yes, that was great. Ah, oh, that 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 whole I love that scene actually. Where yeah, they they just they show kind of the era that this movie is from. They have Sharon Stone. Um, she was really big at that time. Uh, yeah, the the T one thousand. I'm sorry, two thousand. T one thousand. T one thousand goes by, uh, and then we go. Danny DeVito's doing a cartoon cat voiceover <laughs> yeah. um, some of the jokes I'm sure are probably going over my head because I can't remember them but that I love the whole police scene the police station scene because the kid says like I was just in a real one and he's just constantly talking about how he's in the movie and he's just spouting mm-hmm. out so many tropes of that era and it's great like especially now today because like you you reminisce of that era because 
you know, now that we know what it was like, like you can't make those movies because it's cheesy. It's like, oh, it's just like an 80s flick movie, you know, like where the guy just shoots a thousand people through the movie and so many bullets and explosions. And nowadays, it's movies are more. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't I haven't watched There's still. I feel like there's still some nuggets of that, you know, like everybody has infinite ammo in their guns. Right. But it feels movie. good. But it feels good seeing this movie now because it takes you back a little bit while having fun. But this was made like a year after that shit was still going on, though. Like they're like, right. <laughs> they it was very it, like, right close. Yeah. It, which is even better because it, it was like super self-aware of the time. Like, like, hey, we this whole movie is saying, hey, we know this action, like action movies are over the top and dumb. Yeah. And we're here to poke fun at them and make fun of them because we know how dumb they are. But it's just it's fun. You know, it is fun. It's just IMDb yeah. has it listed as uh, 68 references to on, on other movies, basically, which means that there is. A reference to another movie every two minutes during this film. Damn. Yeah, from I could, King yep, Kong, I could Wizard of Oz, Serpico, E.T., like everything. So, uh, it's yes. kind of crazy because they're like little ones that you don't even, you know, notice that mm-hmm. the kid riding his bike past the moon, like, you know, that's yeah, just a lethal tiny weapon where the, the police officers yeah. die and the guy's like, two days retirement or something like that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Two days retirement. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I was actually before this episode, I was I was kind of looking up the history of like um, parody in films. And this is not like a new concept at all. Like the like parody films have gone back to like since the silent film era um, back way, way back. Um, And I know they were huge. Like there was a huge resurgence of them back in like the 80s and like the early 2000s. So it's just crazy that this movie still holds up well as a good parody movie. Cause I feel like a lot of parody movies can come off as cheesy um, and not well thought out. Like, I don't know. You think like, well, it's not specific to a movie though. Like, I think it's specific no, it's, to it's a it's entire like genre. era. Yeah. Well, a very, an era, a very popular era though. I think, well, yeah, the comparisons that I'm drawing huge. were like, you know, blazing saddles, is a, sure. is a good comparison with like westerns um mcgruber is a more modern kind of take on yeah, this because yeah. it's like an action one mm-hmm. you know you got scary movie which did it with the horror genre zombie land you know so there's you know it's not a new concept but i think this movie pulls it off in a really smart way especially since it's like the director of one of the best action movies of all time and he just makes fun of his own movie like it's, it's great I think, well, like a lot of it with the genres is like uh, like there's certain rules that make certain genres work. Like they have a certain framework to them, like whether it's a horror movie and the people are making dumb decisions to not get away mm-hmm. or, you know, the killer walks really slow. Like, you know, if but you're a you villain take all with a gun, twist it. Yeah. If yeah. you if you're going to kill the good guy. Just kill him. Mm-hmm. But they constantly, <laughs> like the first time we're the introduced to it, that Italian mobster, he's got like the second cousin of Jack Slater, and he's explaining, we got together, but I'm going to, you know, he's going to explain the oh, yeah. whole. They do that gag later again, too. Yes. When I they, love when, it. When he gets double crossed, like, and they pull that whole thing again. So it's like that, I don't know. It's very, yeah, very self-aware, I guess is the best way to put it. But it's, mm-hmm. it's oddly self-aware for that time. Because they're still pumping those movies out. Mm-hmm. If you look at yeah, absolutely. what Arnold did, like, you know, after this, 
This was made in, uh, what, 1993? Three. You yep. still had Eraser come out after this. Junior, True Lies, which, like, True Lies is just another, like, it. it's back to, like, his old stereotypical movie. Batman and Robin, Jingle All the Way, like, all these keep, keep, the hits keep coming for Arnold after mm-hmm. this, so. It's weird. Just sprinkled that one right in the middle of his career. Yeah. But, so, anyway, so if you go back to the plot, and we don't have to spend too much time on the plot here, but. When once Danny is in this world with Jack Slater, it starts cruising, right? And we're it's pretty quick when we meet uh, Benedict. We're introduced to him. Uh, he's the one, you know. He like shoots the bullseye, so we're like, all right, he's really good shot, eye. and then he's got a glass eye. Yeah. Well, yeah, Benedict was played by yeah Charles Dance, which I didn't realize realize us at the time, which he looked way younger you know, in this movie, which he played Tywin Lannister. Mm-hmm. So another fantastic villain right there. So oh, I think so good. I feel like you just have those actors that are very, very good at playing villains, you know, like him, Giancarlo Esposito. Like there's, there's certain actors that just really can play a, a very good villain. I like the, the line he says later on when he, he starts talking to us, like the camera, he says, uh, if God was a villain, he'd be me. <laughs> it's just it's a very it's a very Bond villainy kind of thing to say. Yes, oh, yep. I love it. One eighty, you stupid spaghetti slurping cretin. One eighty. If I did a 360, I'd go completely around and end up back where I started. What? Trust me. If that little turd Daniel Madigan can move through parallel worlds, I can move through parallel worlds. In and out. In, steal whatever I want. And out again. Impossible to catch. If God was a villain, He'd be me. You want me back in now? No, thank you. But the pool could benefit from some attention. Very good. Yeah, and then it go. But this movie's heavy into the tropes. It's got like the hot daughter, but she knows how to kick mm-hmm. ass. The action yep. scene. Benedict comes over, and it's just it has Arnold like the burning... and his daughter were a little weird. Like so good to see you, and then he like picks her up and throws her over her shoulder, his shoulder, and he's like running around the house. I'm like, that is Arnold. That's, a, that's an odd way to greet your daughter, but I guess. Yeah, but it's playful. Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison is oh as, Billy Madison, as, of as course. I know her. Yes. But, yep. Uh, yeah, she's. I think this is before Billy Madison, so yeah. Yeah, this Billy Madison was yeah ninety five. Okay. This was ninety three. Yeah. Nice. S- setting it up. I think this might have even been her debut film. Because before this, she was like a, a model, like Miss Teen USA. Um, she was in a soap opera. So I think this was like her like film debut, hmm. which, yeah, it's interesting. I couldn't even tell. Good for her. Yep. Um. So I guess back to the plot. I guess, you know, Danny gets made the kid, you know, Arnold's partner, and then hilarity ensues as they drive around to uh 
try and find the the mob boss, and he's trying to convince him that he's in the movie. And ah, uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned the dog the dog thing. I'm like, what the fuck is going on when I'm watching this movie? <laughs> I'm like, I can never tell like how self serious it's taking itself, or if it's just like a complete like complete comedy at times. Like it goes it goes back and oh, yeah. forth. Like it's a weird combination of the two though, because it's kind of like slapstick comedy almost but then like you get like these crazy like explosions and yeah. cars jumping over stuff so it's like there a, is a fucking animated a cat lot. in this movie yeah you know which he calls out clearly and they're right. just like yeah and he'll do it tomorrow <laughs> you know, it's just, <laughs> it's just like yeah like they just they just threw like everything at this movie like um, remember when uh when uh when uh they attack the house that they're in when we meet the daughter and all those guys are getting wiped out. Yes. They're all getting killed. And then Arnold takes, I forget how he does it, but he electrocutes this guy that he's already killed sitting in a chair. But he, as he's electrocuting yeah. him, he's shooting the other guys right. in the house. And I was just like, this movie is out of fucking control. Yep. That is fantastic. Like they get to the <laughs> to the funeral, the rooftop funeral, which is basically where all their investigations. Oh, the fart? Done. This Leo the fart. Yeah, this was <laughs> yeah, one of my favorites. Like, just that whole gag of, like, you know, they planted gas in them, and they're just making, like, fart jokes for, like, ten, right. ten minutes. They planted about- gas, they planted toxic gas in him, and to initiate the countdown for the releasing the gas, they had to pull his finger. Like, uh, come on. See, I didn't even come get on. that. That's even better. Like, that, yeah, it was just fantastic. Like, <laughs> the, there's a lot of those little things, like, I guess, you know, you, you got to see it multiple times to kind of catch them all, because they're kind of... They hit you fast. Lots of yeah, lots of quick hits. He pulls so Slater pulls a finger on mm-hmm. on Lafarge's uh, corpse. No, no, it's uh, I think Benedict pulls the finger to initiate the countdown. Benedict, okay. Yeah, okay. and then they have to do the whole plot of Danny driving the crane over there and then <laughs> jumping off the roof. Like that whole sequence is just yeah, insane. Doctor? Yes. Uh, check his chin. Doctor has fainted. Can somebody help this man here? I take the corpse. I mean, the, the patient. That's a, outside of the whole Lafarge whole finger, got, you know, big guy's gonna blow up and all that stuff. It was a pretty good action sequence, though, where, you know, I mean, everybody's got oh, yeah. guns on him to shoot at him. But the slow motion and him running with the water spraying and him not getting shot, obviously, like, again. And Arnold's, uh, like, on the elevator, and Dude, the helicopter was... comes down, and he has to duck, and it shoots all the helicopters. And they even do the legit die-hard nod where he's holding, he's hanging upside down. Or not, he's not upside down, but the cameraman would be upside down. And we're seeing, like... Right above Arnold, he's holding onto that thing in a slow motion, and the thing breaks off of the. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, the, the falling. Yep. Yeah. Fair, yep. And he's. Oh, I was just like, man. Duh, well done, but then like, duh. Then I find out after afterwards that <laughs> the director, same director, so it's just like he just mm-hmm. cloned the shot. It's just, it's weird. Like, like you, you were calling out those other parody movies and such, but mm-hmm. I don't think any of them were the director who did those movies that they're making a parody of, right? It's not like th- the guy yeah. who did Scream did scary I think that's movies. What kind of, like Wes Craven right. did sc- yeah. I think that's what kind of separates this movie from some of those other ones and which kind of makes it unique because you do have those like 
clearly some action movie roots in there. And like we've been saying, like the action scenes in this movie are legit, like good. You know, they compare to a, a ton of the action movies that we've seen before in the 80s and everything. So I think they pulled it off super well while, you know, maintaining the the comedy and the, you know, there's the story and the connection with Slater and Danny. Like there's there's a lot going on in this movie. And I think most of it works. You know, they I feel like they work when they were kind of coming up with this movie. They just had a whiteboard and they were just throwing shit up at the wall to see what sticks. And they left a lot of shit in there. But, hey, I think most of it landed uh, pretty well. Yeah, they I uh, I saw the while the movie initially didn't do so well, it did get a cult following, did well on, you know, whatever, VHS, Blu-ray streaming, all that <laughs> stuff. But good enough to get a 4K release, apparently. Uh, well, Arnold was also like one of the executive producers, so I'm sure he's just invested in this movie. And, oh, yeah. Um, I think he believes in it. Maybe he's just trying to support it. Who knows? But the soundtrack, I guess, did well. I guess it sold well. Uh, ACDC wrote a song for this movie. And mm-hmm. uh, Cypress soundtrack. Hill, I think, I believe they have a song in here. And huh. uh, maybe uh, Alice in Chains. But I I was listening for the music because I was like, I was ready to write it off as like, oh, it's just generic, lame music. But I, w- I kept appreciating the music. Even when Benedict is kind of discovering that he's a character and there's some kind of magic or whatever's going on in his head. Like, this is interesting music. This is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I might... <laughs> Dave, you've been I'm in charge of this, no, but... There's, there's but, a couple. There's yeah. a couple big bands on here. Uh, Megadeth, Def Leppard, Alice in Chains, Cypress Hill, Tesla, Aerosmith. So, yeah. Which mm-hmm. makes sense for Those that era. Rocks. And ACDC. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I was going to say is that you, you made a Spotify playlist kind of songs that we've we've kind of plucked from the, the content that we talk about we've added to that playlist sure i could see some of these songs making that playlist oh yeah you know absolutely. there's some good ones in here oh yeah absolutely cock the hammer by cypress hill it's time for action <laughs> so. it's time for action i feel like we didn't mention this but i also love that one of slater's catchphrases is i'll be back it's ripped straight from Terminator. It's just perfect. But he has a he has one though, which is big mistake. But yeah, that was his. Uh, that's his other. Which big is one. what Jack Slater says. I guess that's like his tagline or saying or something like that. Uh, and I I guess that was I don't know. Maybe people thought that might have caught on. Like if this movie did well, that would have been another one of his right things. Another Arnold quote that people would yeah. be Yeah. There's a lot of like attach on to. I don't know, like the comedy the comedy is like varied too because there are like those ones where it's just like them just making like a little side joke, but then there's like that like I said slapsticky before, but it's like that Mel Brooks comedy like when he's in his cousin's house and he's flipping the pieces of paper that's like 5 4 3 Yeah, and mm-hmm. he's just counting it's down. It's a bomb. I'm <laughs> like what the hell is going on here? It's absolutely hilarious. There's one at the end I love that, like, you go into his apartment and he immediately shoots the closet because there's always a guy in the closet. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, like, his closet bill for the year. And he opens up the closet and he's got all the same shirt, all the same coat, and, like, just a rack of the same gun just sitting there. Yep. It's, I don't know, it's funny. It's, it's, 
it's good, but yeah, it wore out its welcome a little bit towards the end. But it's yeah, it's a good parody of itself. Mm-hmm. Well, so yeah, towards the end, um, because Benedict does get the ticket from Danny at some point, mm-hmm. and he starts, he discovers what it can do and all this stuff. So he he leaves. Danny and Jack have to leave. They they pursue uh, Benedict and his henchmen. This is where the movie, which is longer than I remember. I remember <laughs> in my head it was like 10, maybe 20 minutes long. But yeah, there's like scenes where Arnold is introduced to Danny's mom. <laughs> and it right. seems like they wanted something to happen yeah, there. Yeah, there's I like don't a know, but... weird love interest going on. Like, Are you my new daddy? Kind of. Right. Yeah, there was definitely some daddy vibes there. Like. And then Danny was kind of, I mean, Danny was looking at him like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like, you're not, you know, what are you, why are you telling me what to do? You spent one night with my mom and now you're acting like you're in charge of me. Yeah. Um, but it was, that was a, a weird scene, but I guess they kind it's of, kind of a they kind of kill, but yeah, yeah. They kind of like justified it, quote unquote, by uh, Jack Slater kind of saying, oh, he's never. I've never sat down and have a, had a conversation with a woman before. It's, it's nice. I'm like, okay. That was funny. That was a funny line. <laughs> what I did like, so here's, here's an interesting thing uh, because around this time he is, uh, Jack Slater is introduced to Nick, the guy who runs the movie theater. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, kind of like, Hey, I'm a character. And um, Nick's like, Oh, I've never met a fictional character before. Um, and he's all excited, but, I, it's weird because this movie takes a big tone shift and Jack is kind of bummed and I'm kind of, I kind of relate to them because he's like, think about, right, we're dads, right? Losing a kid is like one of the worst things you could possibly ever experience. Mm-hmm. And this guy is in this, he's a fictional character and he knows that everything has been kind of written for him and even his son. And yeah. they sh- the way, and I, I remember this like, and it still kind of haunts me a little bit, but the Ripper and the way he like gets killed, he like grabs Jack's son and pulls him down with him. And right. they show this flashback a couple times. They really hit home uh, that he's tortured by this. Now, the movie is a, a silly movie and it's all over the place and whatever that we kind of talked about. But at this point, I, I do feel bad. Like the guy yeah, is kind of bummed out. And heavy. I was thinking about this like, should the movie have done more of this? Is this not, shouldn't this not be here? But I think it's well done. It's just out of nowhere. Like, yeah. I feel bad. It's got real feels to it. I, yeah, I liked it a little bit. Um, some of that emo- more emotional stuff. Cause I feel like we did need something to latch on to for, you know, Jack Slater as a character. Um, just because, you know, he's just throughout the, most of the movie, he's just, you know, crazy action star, whatever, doing all his stuff, explosions, shooting bad guys, all this stuff. But we do get a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a backstory, a little bit of emotional attachment that we can kind of latch on to. And then I feel like that feeds into his relationship between uh, him and Danny, because I feel like at a certain point, especially when they get to the real world, Jack kind of feels responsible for Danny in a way of what happens to him. He feels like he has to protect him, you know? So I 
that all kind of works together um, with the stuff with his son and then how his relationship with Danny develops later in the movie. So I feel like I feel like that it fits and I feel like it was just enough for us to get that little bit of uh, emotional attachment and a little bit of more character development from I Jack. I mean, Arnold is or Arnold. Sorry, but Jack Slater, he's <laughs> he's the whole I mean, and I, I it's kind of funny, actually, looking back on it now, but. He's just constantly like, all right, kid. Okay, kid. All right. All right. Okay. All right. I get it. All right. You think we're like, what are you talking about? And like, he does come from one place in the in the beginning of the movie. And then he kind of becomes something at the end where, you know. I mean, he has like an epiphany once he gets to the real world. Yeah. Like none of my life isn't real. It's all fake. You know, it's all made up by some dude. In, well, he actually, you know, yeah, believes that he's in the action movie. Like he. Mm-hmm sees the real world and he bites it pretty hard but i guess that takes but he's us. he's miserable yeah you know but at the end of the movie he takes control of his own life he's like noah i am the main character yeah and he no kind of orders people around kind of learn the rules learn the rules of his own universe a little bit right yeah yeah that, that was my question like how does that whole universe work like is it so when the movie's not on, are they still, you know, living their lives and everything? Or is only what they live through portrayed on screen? I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too hard about it, but... It's like Toy Story right. rules where right. the toys just are alive and no matter what. And I don't know, like if you cut it in half, is it still alive? Is there two of mm-hmm. them now? What happens when you bury right. them? Do they live forever in a waste dump, you know, for like this eternal hell? Like, right. You know, it's uh, like, yeah. you don't. They're bringing me down. Right. But he keeps talking about how like Jack will die once the movie starts selling poorly, which will happen. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have episode 24 in a franchise and it's just killing it with the same actor, let alone. In... But if they never make another Jack Slater movie, does he just live forever in his own little movie universe, you know? I think like so. if they never kill if they never kill him off in whatever Jack Slater six or whatever it is, you know I I I like I like thinking I, about that dumb stuff. I, I want a new movie now. I want a sequel after all these years. I probably would, I would be pretty. Know, funny. I'd be on board for that. The last last let's, action let's hero get... or something like that. The final action. Let's get hero. a little more Mel Brooks into this one though, because Mel, Bro- Mel Brooks Stallone is the will be the villain. He, he they take the ticket and they get a bunch of heroes. And a bunch of villains, and you have an amazing Infinity oh War kind of <laughs> movie. You have yeah, get like all these old like eighties <laughs> action stars. I mean, they, I guess they already what did that, that with the Expendables. Expendables? Yep. Yeah, that's what I was just yep. thinking of right now. I was about to Google. No, you got to get them young so they're using like CG. Oh you man, know? yeah, that would be great. Uh, you know, they can it'll do. happen some way somehow. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're getting yeah, pretty good. They at could it, definitely yeah. do it. Yep. Um, yeah, we're getting towards the end of. It. I guess we should get to the the big cliffhanger that uh, Benedict goes and gets Slater, the slasher guy from one of the movies, brings him into the universe to kill Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, and then Jack Slater has to save. But, and we're and we're reminded of all the celebrities Dude, yeah. of the early nineties. I, I love like this whole Jim Belushi, Chevy yeah. Chase. <laughs> This uh, whole scene of the, Van Damme. the Jack Slater for a movie premiere. Yeah, like the red carpet and everything. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to see like Jim Belushi giving an interview. And, and then we see Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, I don't know. I think I do. I, I, I did enjoy like the whole like 
um, real world Arnold Schwarzenegger, the actor, you know, playing himself on this red carpet premiere. And then <laughs> you got the the Jack Slater like his wife, walking around. his wife is in it and she's yelling at him for like promoting stuff on the red carpet. And they're they're right. technically divorced now. Correct. Maria Shriver and him. Uh-huh. Yes, they are. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. He had an affair. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, that's a weird like it's a weird joke to look back on now. I wonder if there's any truth to that. Like, Arnold, quit hawking your gym memberships. But I don't know. I don't know. We end up we end up chasing Arnold. There's an Arnold on Arnold scene, and then they get up to the <laughs> Arnold on Arnold. Basically up to the roof where Slater's got Danny and it's like a reenactment of the beginning scene of the movie, more or less. Right, yeah. The Ripper. Yep. Yeah, he's yeah. Doing the same thing he did with uh, Jack's son and kind of recreating that scene and everything. But it plays out a little differently this time. Yeah, he he survives. Uh, let's get to the good part. <laughs> Freaking, was it Ian McKellen? Ian McKellen? Yes, as death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is in this movie? Like, yeah, I forgot that's who the actor. I remember death was in this. And I remember him visiting Jack Slater and say he doesn't die. It's not... His time, but and he looks at the kid and says, "But you, I, I, like, his performance is actually really good in this, uh, this mm-hmm. small scene." It was, yeah, this... it was a small little part, but it was, it was great. He said he looks so young, even though it's not. I mean, technically, it's not that long ago, but I um, mean, almost twenty years ago. What? Sure. What? What was I'm, twenty? Years? This movie thirty like thirty years ago. Thirty sorry. years ago, oh, dude. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm thinking I, of like I get so messed yeah. up with that. Well, the fact that you even know this movie, dude, is impressive to me, Eric. I mean, like, <laughs> well, this how movie came out this? a year before I was born, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely watched it as a kid. But I do not remember a lot of this. I was like the age of Danny when this came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's pretty cool. Uh so yeah. Anyways, that's uh, that's pretty much how it ends, right? Like uh, Benedict gets his uh, head blown off. Everything explodes in this movie. There's a scene where a fucking uh, ice cream car or ice cream truck explodes. Oh, for you no can't for, you can't forget the ice that guy to call the phrase. <laughs> so stupid, so dumb. But yeah, that was great. He gets shot at the end, and he has to go back to his world because in his world he's invincible. I thought that right. was actually kind of cool. Where like it's a, yeah. it's a flesh wound. Like, what is wrong with you? It's just okay. Well, he literally wound. got shot like in the heart, so I think he would be dead in the real world. But yeah, like in the middle of the chest, but. Somehow he makes it back to his movie, and I I did really like that last scene where like oh is there is there a doctor? Which that's another trope like asking like yep. oh is there a doctor? The, oh yep. I'm a doctor. There's always a doctor. There's always there. a doctor. And then he's always like always a doctor. He's like what is this? What is this a joke? This is just a this is not even a flesh. Not wound. even a flesh wound. <laughs> and they just yep. leave him. Yep. I'm so stupid, but if it's good, man, if you like that era of movies and really like those movies like we, we one of the uh earlier episodes we have in the show is we talked about die hard mm-hmm. and we enjoyed the fuck out of it especially that when it came out i'm and so it's... glad that we did that before i saw this again because yeah I, mean, I saw that's when i saw die hard for the first time and i could appreciate so much more yeah because there's just so many references and you know things that are ripped right from it um so what can was, we that say just made it even better what can we say about this movie to to kind of close this off? I mean, I don't know. It's it's it, I I enjoyed it when I was younger. Um, I still enjoy it now. 
You know, I enjoy Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and I like that he can laugh at himself. And I feel mm-hmm. bad that this movie underperformed, but I mean, come on, it came out right after Jurassic Park, so that kind of hurts. Um, I mean, it's over two hours long, though. If it was an hour 45, just tighten up the script. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes sure. right now. It's got a. I don't know. I think these are a little, a little I mean, hard. These are well, a little you, harsh. You can't forget that Die Hard is a long ass movie. That movie's like two and a half hours long. But that movie is that's what we're borderline perfect I love though. That. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rotten Tomatoes has got a thirty nine on the tomato meter, forty seven audience. Wow, score, which, that's harsh. Which is yeah, considering I think it aged it aged pretty well. Where like nothing jumped out as like. It holds up. You know, it holds up because it's it's all it's supposed to be like cheesy action, and that's exactly what they were going for, and that's exactly what it is. So, I think it holds up perfectly well. Um, and it's it's of that era, which makes it even better. It was made in that era for that era. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed watching it. Um, like I said, my if I was to have a complaint, it would be the length of it. it they could have tightened it up. A little bit more, but I mean, I will pretty much watch anything with Arnold <laughs> just because, you know, he's great. So, except for his winking. I think we've, yeah, uh, he we've doesn't really know that. how to wink. He kind of just closes both eyes at the same time. <laughs> and that's how he winks. <laughs> One's more aggressively close than the other. Yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Uh, so, yeah, if we don't have any other closing comments, um, that will close off our discussion on Last Action Hero. And now we will get into a little game that I came up with that should be pretty fun. Uh, We'll get into it right after this break. We are back with a game that I came up with, especially for this episode. Ooh, whoa, um, okay. This is a new That's game a that, new we've, that we've never played before. It's, something it's, tells me it's going to be one-liners or something. No, it's it's relatively simple. It's it's definitely on brand. On, That's a good idea, though. On theme, <laughs> on theme here. Um, but it is called First Action Hero. Um, so, okay. Oh. So uh, basically, I have for so there's ten rounds here, which this should go. Whoa. I know this this should go quick though. Um, I basically came up with two action heroes, you know, action stars throughout history here, um, and you guys have to name which one made their film debut first. So, Interesting. Okay. That and that that's it. It's it's pretty simple, but. 
I will give you bonus points if you can name. I'll give you one bonus point if you can actually name the film that they debuted in. And I'll just give you a warning now that it's going to be that's it's really tough. I don't know if you'll get any of those. (laughs) I'm horrible with names. Okay, that's not my alley. But the way we're going to do this, I think we'll just I'm just going to ask you guys both at the same time and you'll pick which one. So you both could get it right. And then if you want, you can attempt to guess the film that they debuted in as well. So uh, let's start it off here. Round number one is who made their film debut first between Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. I had a feeling it was going to be this one. It's a classic, classic duo right here. Are you saying acting it's, career or like action movie? The not necessarily action movie. The first movie that they debuted in, just okay. straight up. All right, interesting. I got. It's mostly I just to get yeah. Yeah, it's I, just to, I'm gonna just go. To I'm gonna go here. with like a teenage Stallone. Okay, that's, that's where I'm going as well. Final answer. Yeah. Final answer. All right. Well, you are both correct. It was Stallone. Hey. Do you do either of you want to attempt what movie he made his debut in? No, <laughs> I have no idea. No, no. Okay, I don't know. I've never heard it? of this. It's some weird indie like photography thing. It's called The Square Root, and it was released in 1969. And Holy shit. Arnold's oh. Arnold's film debut was Hercules in New York in 1970. Oh, okay. Wow. I think uh, I think I remember. Seeing a couple of clips of that movie and it mm-hmm. looks completely, completely horrible. But well, that was at that point where hilarious. he had like he barely knew English and his English was absolutely horrible. So I, I would be interested to watch that one. Uh, but so you both got one, one to one to start. Um, round two is Jean Claude Van Damme versus Steven Seagal. I'm gonna go with Jean Claude Van Damme. Okay. I'm, I'll go the other way. I'll go Seagal. Jean-Claude Van Damme is correct. Oh. Is it Bloodsport? It is not Bloodsport. No, it's got to be earlier than that. Yeah. It is um, Woman Between Wolf and Dog, in, uh, released in 1979. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> that sounds interesting already. And Seagal was uh, above the law in 1988. Oh, really? That late? Yeah. I thought he was in. It's a good movie. Yep. It was much earlier. Uh, all right. So Brandon has two. Dave has one. Um, third round, Chuck Norris versus Jackie Chan. Dave, you want to go first? Do you want me to? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm going to say Chuck Norris. I'm going to go Chuck. Okay. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Chuck Norris as well. Ooh, both incorrect. It was actually Ooh. Jackie Chan. I know. I almost Jackie fixed Chan's that been around a long like, time. Jackie started really old? young. So Jackie Chan's. Fil- oh. Do you want to make a guess? I'm assuming not. It's it, it's not uh, drunk. It's not drunken tiger or whatever it is, right? Crouching tiger. No, no not crouch, no. no it's like drunk, <laughs> drunken. Oh man, Jackie Chan has these really cool drunk, drunken fighter movies. Oh, yeah. I will say you will probably not get this. Okay. It is it is called Big and Little Wong Tin Bar, and that was. Released in oh, ni- yeah. 1962. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Um, Chuck Norris. 62? Wow. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you I actually remember Chuck- that, or do you guys fucking with me? Fuck no. Chuck- no. no. Okay. No. I just remember Chuck Norris and 
Bruce Lee. I was just thinking back then. Yes, at the Coliseum. Enter the Dragon. Ooh, yeah. Chuck Norris, his film debut was The Wrecking Crew in 1968. Damn. Damn. All right, so Brandon's got two. Dave's got one still. Um, The next round is Bruce Willis versus Mel Gibson. You want firsties there, Brando? Man, this is a good one. Eric, this is really... Uh, Mel Gibson. I, tr- I tried to pick similarly Bruce aged Willis. and similarly, you know, de- starting careers. So okay, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm gonna go with Mel. Um, Dave, you are correct. It is Mel Gibson. What hey. what movie was it? Yeah, do you, is do you it, want to take a, I mean, take I, a I guess? I just think like the Lethal Weapons. Oh, I think older than the Die Hard. No, 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 no. Okay, right. I have at least a guess. Then they're all in the, that same area. I don't have a guess. Okay, Brandon, do you have a guess? Am I allowed to get a point off of this? Sure, why not? If you guess it correctly, I, I will give you an, a, a, a bonus point. Is it Mad Max? No, it is not. Because there's Close. like the one. That kind of like is very like oh, Mad Max, yeah. Not as Mad Max. Yeah. It's close, but not quite. Um this Mel Gibson's debut was I Never Promised You a Rose Garden in 1977. Oh, what? Okay. Yeah, that one. Romance. And drama. Bruce Willis was the first deadly sin in nineteen eighty. Damn, nineteen eighty. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's all right, tied up two two. Uh the next one is Jason Statham versus Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh man! Movie film debut. Rock. I know I'm familiar with wrestlers, so I think I'll I'll go first. I'm gonna say Jason Statham. Okay. Yeah, I'm going Jason Statham. You are both correct. That is Jason Statham. Uh, Rock was closer than you might think. No, Um, Statham was lock, stock, and oh, two smoking barrels. Yep, yep, it was. Well, yeah, I spoiled it. Sorry, I spoiled the bonus point. <sighs> That's okay. Uh, um, and The Rock was Beyond the Mat in 1999. Oh, Beyond the Mat. Oh, that was like a documentary mm-hmm. kind of yep. thing. Yeah. Okay. So cool. three. I was thinking th- of the was it Scorpion King? Is that yeah? yeah that's that was what I like thought. that was early. That was early 2000s. Yep. Okay. So okay, three Still to three. Two. Three to three, three now. Yep, both tied up. The next one, Tom Cruise versus Jet Li. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, Jet Li is old now. So is Tom Cruise. They're both, yeah. Both in their late 50s. Uh, I wonder where Tom started, though. That's my curiosity. Man, this this is such a... How are these two put together? Let me see here. I know Jet Li's first movie to me was... Lethal Weapon 3 or 4. He fought in the docks. Oh, he fucked him up there, too. Yeah. I know where I'm going. Hold on, I'm going to let Brandon pick first. What? No, go ahead. No, you go. I want, it's your turn. I'll go Tom Cruise. Okay. I will go Jet Li. Okay. Um, Tom Cruise is correct. Oh, Brandon gets the point. It. Okay. Do you want to take a guess at the movie? The Outsiders? No. It was End, Endless Love in 1981. And Jet, Jet Li was Shaolin Temple in 1982. Wow. Hmm. 
I figured he started young. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they both kind of did, but, you know, Tom Cruise has just been in so much. I figured there was some weird thing back in the 80s, but no. It's a close one. Brandon's got four. Dave has three. Um, let's see. Next round, Will Smith versus Wesley Snipes. Ooh. Hmm. How? Will versus Wes. I know what movie I think of when I think of Wesley Snipes. Um, <laughs> Demolition Man. <laughs> that's around that around that era, yeah. I was going to say Passenger 57. Oh, wow. There. Yeah. But uh, Will, I don't think, got too action-y in, or into like movies until... I mean, Fresh Prince was on in the 80s, and then he kind of popped on the scene. I'm going to go with Wesley Snipes. I'm going to Wesley Snipes as well. Wesley Snipes? Wesley (laughs) Snipes. You are both correct. That is Wesley Snipes. Can I take Uh, it? I got to guess. I got to. Do you got a guess, Dave? Yeah, both of you. Uh, Both of you can take a guess. Whatever. I mean, I I think Demolition Man is as far as back as I can even think. But I'm going to go with White Man Can't Jump. Uh, it is a movie called Wildcats. Yeah. In 1986. What the hell is that? Okay. I don't know. What's Will Smith first? Uh, Where the Day Takes You in 1992. Huh. I've never heard of that one. Never heard of that one either. I haven't heard of most of these. Uh, (laughs) Okay. So that's five for Brandon, four for Dave. Still close. This next one is interesting. Uh, Is this the last one? No, there's there's three more. Okay. We'll go. We'll rip through them quick. Uh, next one is Scarlett Johansson versus Charlize Theron. Charlize is older. Uh, <laughs> trying to... Looks like he's thinking so hard. <laughs> I know ScarJo's first movie. Trying Do to... you? I thought I did. Uh, I'll be impressed if you got it because I've never heard of it. Oh, it's not Home Alone 3. Okay. <laughs> Never mind then. I'm going with Charlize Theron. I'm going to go with Scar Joe just because you I know. Would. I, I need to make up a point here, and I know she got into acting real young too, so I'm hoping that that pays off. Dave, that is a good instinct because Scarlett Johansson is the correct answer. Yes. Do you want to take a, a wild guess at the movie? What did she what did she what was she in that she was a kid in recently? What was it Heat? No. Uh, that's Natalie Portman. Uh, that was yeah, that was Natalie. Yep. I thought she was in something that we watched recently. She went, and now it was I don't Home Alone 3. She was like the older sister that we uh, talked about. You didn't see that movie, but we talked about it. Right. Our Home Alone episode. What do you got, Eric? I, I don't I don't have Nothing. No guess. It is a movie called North, released in 1994. North, huh? And Charlize Theron was Children of the Corn 3 Urban Harvest yes. in 1995. Those are classics. <laughs> that was a that was a direct-to-VHS uh, Children of the Corn movie. Those movies so. creep me the fuck out growing up with a cornfield across the street. I bet. Yeah, that, was, I bet. Uh, that was not cool. All right, awesome. Uh, that's a point for Dave. So it is all tied up at five to five. There's two more, two more left. Um, next one is Hugh Jackman versus Gerard Butler. Hmm. I don't know Gerard Butler's acting career at all, except like three movies. So I'm gonna go with 
Hugh Jackman did like plays and stuff too, though. Right. This is strictly I always filmography. Of, I always think of Wolverine and stuff when I think of Hugh Jackman, and those have been going around not terribly long. Is it my guess first this time? It doesn't matter. I, yeah, I'm gonna go, one, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna out. go against my judgment. I'm gonna go with Gerard Butler. Something about him is a wild card to me, but who knows? He probably started when he was young. He seems older though. He has been like he does right. He's an elder statesman. I'll go with you. I'm gonna go Gerard as well. Gerard as well. You are both correct. Yeah, yeah. It was Gerard Butler. Does anyone want to take a oh. guess at the movie? <laughs> Do we know the movie? Uh, I've never heard no, of no. it. <laughs> no okay it was mrs brown released in 1997 oh. and uh hugh jackman his his film debut debut was actually x-men in 2000 really really mm-hmm. no way yeah figured yeah been in, oh, nope. probably before that before it was that. all yeah it was all theater before that yeah makes sense yep. His film debut was X Men. I I was surprised too, but I I triple checked. No, wasn't it. he like some other movie with like Haley Berry and John Travolta? Swordfish. Like Swordfish. Yeah. Swordfish <laughs> was definitely after, after that. that. Oh, was it really? Mm-hmm. Damn. Okay. Yeah, Swordfish was two thousand one. Okay. All right. Yep. Uh. Yeah, that surprised me as well. But yep, Gerard Butler. Okay, so you both got six tied up. Last one. Um, if you both get it, I guess I'll have to come up with some sort of tiebreaker, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to that when we come to it. But the last one is Daniel Craig versus Matt Damon. Oh, God. Uh, Daniel's older, isn't he? By a bit, but he's also Bond, so I don't know. Nobody How knew him until Bond. Though he was like probably like forty oh, yeah. in Bond, and I know Matt goes. Back. I'm gonna go with Damon. I'm gonna go with Daniel. All right, Brandon's going with Daniel Craig. Dave's going with Matt Damon. Dave, you are correct. Yeah. God damn it, <laughs> it was Matt Damon. No way. Uh, very really? close. Very close. Do you have any any sort of guess? At the movie. No. This one I've actually heard of. Is so it, Is it Goodwill Hunting or something? No, it is no. not. It, it's Mystic Pizza no. from 1988. Um, and Daniel Craig was the power of one in 1992. The power of one. So pretty close. Which they're, they're actually very close in age. Matt Damon's 51. Daniel Craig's 53. Wow. So, okay. Really? Pretty, pretty close. But congratulations, Dave. You Yay. won our first game of First Action Hero. Um, that was yeah. a good one. That was a good, was a good setup. Yeah, it was fun. I wasn't sure how well that would play. Um, I was going, I was considering doing like the first action movie that they were in, but then it gets kind of messy defining what's an action movie and what's not, blah, 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 blah. So. Yeah. I just went with their film debut, um, which they were obscure. They were obscure films, so that's kind of why if you got it, you would get a bonus point. But oh, cool game! But yeah, that was fun. Congrats, Dave. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that kind of wraps it up for us. Unless you guys have any, I have one thing that I I wanted to bring up that I I, we just discovered this. This is kind of fresh to the nomads, but. John McTiernan did another movie 
and it's called Nomads. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It has Pierce Brosnan in it. And it's old. It, I mean, f- 80, from the trailer, fantasy it's like 86 thriller. or something. Yeah. Okay. But something's going on where Pierce and his wife or girlfriend or whatever are being harassed and attacked by these people. They look like meth heads, but I don't, or like a gang of <laughs> some street gang. They're fucking but, nomads. City nomads. Yeah, they're nomads. Yeah. yeah so. I don't know. I, I we might like maybe we watch that for our hundredth episode because I feel like nobody 100th, else. That's so far uh, away. Something you got to have goals and live, guys. But people, <laughs> people can watch that if they want to because nobody's seen that movie. So right. maybe we all watch it. Together. Could be a watch, watch party, party. Yeah. or a watch along or something. That would be fun. Yeah, I don't know. It might be shit. It might be good. I don't know anything about it, but I just yeah, we saw that he has a movie called nomads and he did this movie and he did die hard so like i don't know maybe we should check it out just on on that merit but anyway i wanted to put that out there before we forgot yep yeah uh, yeah i would love to watch that one by the name alone and by the the uh concept and actors and everything but okay well yeah i'll just uh throw out social one more time you can if you want to get in touch with us you can find us at nomads of fantasy on twitter and instagram can email us nomads of fantasy at gmail.com and you can visit the nomads of fantasy.com for everything nomads everything you can find all of our social outlets all that good stuff there episodes listen to episodes we built a fancy podcast player right on our website so check it out <laughs> um and with that safe travels nomads safe travels nomads Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Definitely no blood clot. Cause we don't rub with some boy this year. We put them on the hanging tree and mash them up and poop them up and show them that we had it on Gargan. Alright. What a bye 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 now that the Jamal is a bad boy, you see me, I got talk about the bad boys from every country you want. Bad boys in London and in Germany. Roughnecks of Paris, Mafia, Italy. Bloods and creeps in Captain City. But the bodies of the bad boys come from New York City. Them the rum, them the drug, them the fire woozy. Somebody dead already. So each and every day, them have to hide from police. Because down in the ghetto, say the drugs can't cease. The crack and the coke make easy money. But life in the ghetto, boy, it no easy. Bad boys in the Brooklyn and bad boys in the Queens Bad boys in the Bronx and New Jersey And the uptown bad boys and mother crazy Them the rum, them not just they want the US currency They want money for the rent, money for the car Because I'm so old, because this is a movie You're very clever Quick, where the Schwarzenegger films? Foreign films are in the back No, action! This guy's an action star Down the center, on the left No, it is impossible. What's impossible? He's fantastic. It's his best performance ever. But that was you. You were in that movie. You were in a movie? Yes. It was called The Girl of My Dreams. It starred you. As a matter of fact, we had this very romantic scene together. <laughs> What's the phone number of the story? 555 Okay, what's your home number? 
That's okay. You can give it to him. I'm a police officer. Five 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 three eight one two. Amazing. I'm willing to bet that everyone has a five 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 number. So? So? There can only be nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine numbers that start with five five five. How many people live in LA? Eight or nine million. Aha! That's why we have area codes. Oof! Is this your kid? This? Oh no! This is a mental patient, and I'm gonna take him downtown. Come on. Okay, I got one. What about this girl right here? She is way too attractive to be working at a video store. I agree with you. I think she should be working with us. On the cover, of course. Look, the point is, there are no unattractive women here. I mean, where are the ordinary, everyday women? They don't exist because this is a movie. No, this is California. By the way, thanks. I think it was really slick the way you got this girl's phone number. <laughs>